We're talking about being a sideman today, a side musician, the nine characteristics of a great side musician who gets hired and does the right stuff and keeps the gig. Stick around. Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast, where musicians go to talk about artistry and industry. My name's Adam Meckler, and it's my mission to get you the tools to have a thriving career in music. I've got a whole bunch of experience. I've got experience on both sides of this, being a band leader who hires musicians to play in my stuff and being somebody who goes out and freelances and plays with a whole bunch of different bands in different contexts, long tours, one-off gigs, recording sessions, and stuff like that. And I'll tell you about the nine characters. We broke it down into nine pieces of characteristics, nine pieces, nine ways that musicians act to keep the gig and to keep getting hired for the gig all right this is really important and i've wondered i would like being somebody who's band leader you know i always wonder like am i going to get called to be a sideman as well right that i think there's, there's you send a certain message when you lead your own bands and sometimes that means you don't get called for certain things and I, i've been lucky to continue to be called as a sideman and i think a big reason for that is the way that i treat those situations and so we're going to get into that right now so here we go number one number one is being punctual being punctual all right that's that's a pretty self-explanatory thing but don't be late to rehearsals don't be late to gigs this is tough like when you start getting older and maybe you find a significant other you guys start having kids getting out the door when you're supposed to get out the door can be a challenge so it's really important that you maintain uh being punctual for bands that you that you show people that you're able to show up on time and prepared and that sends a really comforting message to the band leader showing up on time it's like this person wants to be here this person is ready to go all right so punctual that's number one this is gonna go quick i guess maybe two 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 is to be prepared i mentioned that be prepared that means a host of things a lot of people on the podcast have talked about this kevin gastongway and i talked about being prepared by way of listening to the recordings and learning the music in a deeper way than just being relying on your ability to like read sheet music or whatever or relying on your ability to like transcribe out the chords and then just remember how quick the harmonic rhythm went by or whatever uh kevin gave a a great example of like early in his career he he did something where he like wrote out the changes of the tune and then forgot how quickly the chords went by and they were like in front of an audience and they had to stop the song and start over. And he said, it was like an embarrassing moment. It was a wake up moment for him. Like I got to get with the tapes. I got to get with the tapes. I got to learn the stuff from the recordings. So in my recent gigs with Steve Cole out in Minneapolis, I had the recordings on my ears outside of the practice room and inside the practice room. So inside the practice room, I'm playing along to the recordings. I'm trying to memorize my parts. I was very close to having that whole book memorized Maybe I will eventually do that because we're going to continue playing shows, but I wanted to have that stuff internalized so I really knew what's coming next in the songs. I can speak intelligently. If I'm asked a question in rehearsal or if something comes up in rehearsal, I can be a contributor, a positive contributor. Not too much, right? Somebody else's band, but in the moment, if I'm needed to, to, to say something, it's like I can say something intelligent because I've listened to the recordings. I know what's going on, all right? So being prepared is a big part of being a great side musician is preparedness. And a big part of preparedness is getting with the tapes. Get with the tapes, all right? Number three, you gotta be a good hang. This is far more important than you might think, far more important. I I believe that being a good hang 
is more important than being a really impressive musician, technically, okay? Being a really amazing, like, improviser or whatever, a lot of people don't care about that. It's more, especially if you're talking about being on the road for an extended period of time or being in a group of shows or being in, you know, long recording session days, being a good hang is a huge part of being a successful musician and being somebody who gets called over and over again. So, what does it mean to be a good hang? You know, you need to be fun to be around. You're not always moping about, right? It's like you can be real and you can, especially if these are people that you really know. And over time, like if you tour with a band, they become like family. And so then you could be a little more real, right? But maybe early on in the process when you're building relationships with a new group of people, it's like put on a face, pretend that you're feeling good. Bring a positive energy, be supportive. I, you know, it's like I know a lot of people get criticism for saying smile more. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, screw you. But, you know, if you, if you're, if you're, if you have a positive attitude, that really goes a long way. And actually, I have a buddy who's just, who's like this all the time. And, and he's really in tune with how you're doing. He'll be like, how are you doing, man? Like, what's going on with you? And so he's like really in tune with what's going on around him, the vibes in the room. And it makes him a really fun person to be around. It makes him a really fun person to be around somebody I work with a lot. And uh, that is a great characteristic of somebody who is a good hang. Okay, who's a good hang. And also just not being a, a super party pooper. We're going to talk a little bit about substances, but, you know, not being a major party pooper uh, within reason, of course. Like, you might deal with some people that are going way overboard, and then you got to be like, yo, come on, uh, I'm getting out of here, or whatever. It's like, those. There, there have been situations like that in music, certainly. But for the most part, like, you know, people are being reasonable, and so you need to be reasonable, too when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth, but being a good hang is a really big part of spending a lot of time on the road. Um, I don't know how much I want to say about this, but I had an experience with a band where I started having kids and I was like, hey, I don't think I can do five week tours anymore. You could probably easily deduce what I'm talking about. And I had somebody else play for me instead. And it's, this person is like one of the, I'm really narrowing it down now. <laughs> I don't know how much I should say. This person's one of like the best trumpet players in the world. And, you know, that person wasn't maybe the most fun to be around for extended periods of time on the road uh, for various different reasons, which I don't really know because I wasn't there. But what I do know is I got a message from the band that was like, I was afraid I was going to lose the gig because I was like, this is an amazing musician. But again, like being an amazing musician isn't all that matters. It's not all that matters. So they were like, it's cl more clear now than ever. And I think there were some musical reasons too. Like the way I play is just like fits the thing more. Um, so there's that, like the personality of my trumpet playing was a bit, a bit more of a fit, but you know, it's like I had taken a, a tour or two off or I had split a couple tours where I did only a couple weeks instead of five weeks. This is like when Augie, my seven-year-old was like, you know, one or, or like under one, he was just a newborn. So it was hard. It was hard. I did a five-week tour when he was a newborn and then, and then after that didn't do any more five-week tours for a little while. 
I think we had to set a cap on that because it was really hard on on Jana for me to be gone for such an extended period of time when there was a small baby at home. But needless to say, they they reached out and they were like, it's more clear now than ever that you're the guy. You're the guy and we want you back. And I was like, that's, I mean, I was like totally, that felt so good. It felt so good to get that message. And I think a part of it, of course, is like the playing thing, but also part of it is like fitting in personality-wise with the people that you're with. And some people are better than that than others. Some people are better at putting on a face. I've always been a relatively social person and able to kind of adapt in social situations, and that's a skill. And that's not necessarily a skill everybody even wants, right? There are some people that are like, I don't care. I don't need to fit in with whoever these people are. And I like hats off to that. I'm totally like, cool, cool. But when you're in a situation where you're being brought in as a freelancer or being brought in as a side musician to go on a tour or something, it's like, it's important to find where you fit in personality wise and how you can kind of amplify that, uh, while you're, while you're on the road. And certainly in my case, it was like, it was as much about the hang as it was about the playing. Uh, that I was the right person for that group. All right. So be a good hang. Be a good hang. Be fun to be around. Do activities with people, you know. Don't just play on your phone the entire time you're in the green room. That's a tough one. Everybody kind of does that once you're on the road for a little while. But it's more fun to be present. It's more fun to be present. And it's more fun to be out maybe seeing the town. If you're on the road, it's like it's really fun to go out, go for a run, whatever see the town everything in moderation so we're, we're at the substance abuse portion of the podcast there's stuff that happens when you're on the road you know and some people are into some things that you might not be into and that's cool but I personally I mean I did stop drinking recently and those of you that listen to the podcast know that it's been 80 days I think I looked at my 81 days today I looked at my my little app that I'm using to track that and I did that for me because I because it was around. I was just drinking more than I needed to. And it wasn't a lot. Like, I wasn't getting drunk and stuff. It was just, like, it was around, and so I was drinking it. And I think it was really, it was, like, causing me to gain weight. I was inflamed. And I was working out a lot, and I felt like I was kind of minimizing my results by drinking alcohol on days when I worked out. And at that time, I was only working out three or four times a week. Now I'm working out five times a week. Uh, I'm in the gym five times, five days a week for the last 12 weeks in a row. So I'm really trying to practice commitment in that, but be that as it, be that as it may, I, uh, I quit drinking. I don't know that I'll always never drink. Um, but I, I know that I don't miss it. So the point is like, you know, criticizing other people for doing things that you don't do is lame. And, Unless people are like way overboard. It's like there are situations where there needs to be an intervention an intervention sometimes in bands. And, and I, I've been in those situations. And in those situations, it's obvious and people are talking and it's like you're dealing with it like a family would deal with it. You know, like I said, when you're on the road a lot, it's like you become almost like family. And but generally, I would say don't be a party pooper. And also don't overdo it yourself. Don't drink too much. Don't smoke too much. Don't do too much of whatever it is because then you become a liability then you become somebody that everybody has to take care of 
And that's a huge burden on the other people that you're on the road with. A huge burden. So don't drink too much. I mean, it's especially when you're getting like super wasted. It's like you're like a baby and you got to be taken care of. And that's annoying. And nobody wants to deal with that. So don't overdo it. Everything in moderation. So moderation means a little bit. Right? A little bit. So take care of yourself. Take care of your body when you're on the road. It's easy to like get worn down when you're over the course of being on tour. People, A lot of people get sick when they're on tour. I tend to, I love traveling and I just like thrive in that, I think. And I haven't done it a lot lately and I miss it. And I really love being on tour and, and I think mentally I thrive in that. And therefore, like by the end of a tour, I'm feeling good, like maybe better than when I started because I'm in a routine of like, you know, doing some kind of workout, really, really taking time with my horn, you know, spending time on music on my laptop when we're on the bus. Um, I, I just like that. I like that whole scenario. So everything in moderation, don't overdo it, but also be a good hang, you know, so there's a balance you got to find. All right. Decent hygiene. Come on. I'm just saying decent. You don't have to have great hygiene, (laughs) decent hygiene. Be aware. There's, there's a certain level of self-awareness that you want. Like, do your clothes really stink? Did you bring enough clothing? Are you doing laundry every now and then if you're on the road? Um, Are you taking care of yourself with, you know, making sure that you're not stinking up the whole bus in your body so are you like taking showers making sure you're you're cleaning yourself you're, you're you know brushing your teeth it's like you're being an adult be an adult even if you're a kid on tour it's like be an adult take care of yourself all right nobody wants to be around somebody who's super smelly that's just it that's just it you know it's like i almost feel, it feels mean to say that i don't know why it feels mean to say that that seems obvious too just take care of yourself take care of your hygiene that's one of the things that'll make you fun to be around. And if you, and on the opposite side, if if you really stink, you're not going to be fun to be around. All right. So practice good hygiene. Practice good hygiene. All right. Reliability. Be reliable. So that's part of being punctual and being prepared is that's sending the message that you are a reliable musician. Okay. Be reliable. Uh, that means you're going to learn the music when they send you new music. That means that when somebody sends you a date or you know, a gig offer. It's like you're responding in a timely fashion. There's a lot of, a lot of things that go along with reliability. Um, and along, along that same line, this is, uh, and we're going by, we're going by fast. You answer the phone and you answer your email quickly. So there's some great examples of this. Um, there's one podcast episode here about strategies for booking tours with Brian Courage and Andrew Green, my band Supercell. And we talk a little bit about this. And Brian talks about how just because he answers his phone, because a lot of people don't answer their phone. They just go like send it to voicemail and then they hope that somebody's going to leave a message. Just because he answered his phone and he's in a scene where there's maybe a little more of this where like there's a gig that day and a musician is needed. Although that's happening a lot more now because of things like COVID or at least it has been happening in that way. Like I played a show in January last January so almost a year ago now where the day of the show the piano player got COVID and I had to find a different piano player so there's that and so I called I I made phone calls I didn't send emails and texts it's like I need to talk to someone and see if they can do the gig tonight you know and there is plenty like I think that's maybe a bit more common in the jazz world uh in the jazz freelance funk jazz freelance world uh horn band big band you know what i mean the horn funk bands and stuff it's probably more common there 
but it totally happens. So one of the things that you got to do is you got to answer your phone, even if it's spam. It's like it's an extra two seconds of your day to differentiate between something that's spam, something that's not. And if it's spam, just hang up, whatever, no skin off your back. But if it's not, maybe you just made another 150 bucks and that can go a really long way towards paying your rent or paying for food or whatever. Like anybody that's in the freelance grind knows that that's not an insignificant thing. So answer your phone, answer your email, do it in a timely fashion. That's also wrapped up in reliability. All right. Uh, that's big. Answer your text messages. Answering your phone is hard. <laughs> we were talking about too, like people that just FaceTime you out of the blue and you're like, yo, don't FaceTime. Don't FaceTime me. There's no way I'm answering a FaceTime out of the blue. I've got one friend that does that. Uh, my old buddy, Andrew Stoll. And he still FaceTimes. We did yesterday. FaceTime me yesterday out of the blue. And then I, and I, and I answered because we're buds and that's what he does. He's my one friend that FaceTimes me that I will actually answer the phone <laughs> if I'm able to. And uh, other than that, FaceTime, I get it, but man, if it's, if it's your phone's ringing, answer the phone, be responsive, be able to quickly say what you've got going on, whether you're able to do something, secure the gig, secure the bag, right? Secure the bag. All right, answer your phone. A great side person, a great side musician works fast, works fast, okay? So that's, uh, so work fast can, can can apply to a variety of things in music and I think it's I think working fast is an important part of the thing so part of being a freelancer for me is people call me and they say hey man we need trumpet recorded on this track can you do it by tomorrow can you do you know it's like sometimes with the horn heads Mike Nelson will reach out to me and he'll go he'll go I need it done by tomorrow within a day or something you know it's like it's always urgent because things just happen it's like you know, it's like Stevie Wonder's saxophone player is doing, is helping produce a song and knows the hornheads and says like, oh, we should do full horns. Let's call the hornheads. And then it's a quick turnaround. It's like, we got to get this. We want this back really quick. Can you do it? And then Mike will spend, you know, a, a day actually doing the horn arrangement. And then he'll text everybody and go, I need this recorded by tomorrow. Can you guys do it? And then send it over. And then I'll have to be like, all right, I'm carving everything out like I'm getting rid of whatever commitments I had and I'm going to spend or I'm going to be up super late or whatever I'm going to do what it takes so that I can get this thing done for Mike in a timely fashion I'm going to work fast I'm going to put in I'm going to put in good work but I'm going to work fast all right so for me that's that's how it's applied uh for me recently but that's the same thing like we just did a sync licensing thing uh with some friends of mine for the new we were we were one of the people asked to submit a demo for the new NBA theme song. Spoiler alert: we did not end up getting chosen. Although the track we made is a certified banger, a certified banger, a horn-based certified banger, really really cool track that I hope turns into something or gets used by somebody in the sync licensing world, which we're working on. But we were asked to submit a demo, and we had to be done with it within days, and it was like a lot of work and a lot of time, and a lot of iterations, and so we were just constantly on the horn with each other, and I had, it was all right, right around my birthday in August, and I had to like, you know, carve some things out, get rid of some commitments, and plug some, and, and spend some late nights, and like plug some energy and time into it, and it ended up being such a great sounding track, I, 
you know, it's easy for me to say to be biased, but like so much better than the track they chose. The track they chose sounds like some beat a high schooler made and put on SoundCloud. It's like I'm totally mind boggled by how that works. And I'm relatively new in the sync licensing scene. I've had a bunch of stuff licensed over the years and with, with some bands have had some uh, some things licensed and, and that's been great, but um, I'm still learning for sure. And so I'm still seeing these kinds of like, how, how, why do clients choose the music they choose? What characteristics are they looking for? That kind of stuff. It's like, that's a learning curve that I'm still, I'm still on. And, but, but working fast, that's a big part of being a reliable person. So that, or being a reliable side, side person, side musician. And part of that could also mean like, you got to learn these tunes by this rehearsal, right? This rehearsal is in a couple of days. You got to learn these tunes, work fast, learn the tunes, get them in your ears, listen to them, memorize them, do all that stuff we've been talking about with making sure that you get with the tapes and do the work. That's an example of working fast and, uh, getting back to like working fast is is big it's like if you're somebody who's it it sends the message that you are fully in right it sends the message that you're in it you're there you're ready to work your eyes are peeled you're looking for opportunities when you send that message when you put that energy out into the world stuff starts coming your way right and when you show the world that you're busy which lately is something that i've done (laughs) probably i shouldn't have done have have I shouldn't be doing that because I I still want people to send me work I still want to work I want to do horn recordings at home I want to do tours I want to be called be flown out of here and and go somewhere and play that's what I that's how I want to function and because I now have a full-time job at a university I'm sending the message that that's not what I want to do even though that's what I want to do so it's a catch-22 in my situation where you've joined academia to have a steady thing and maybe it's not the best thing for you in terms of being a performing artist. Uh, Oh, and speaking of which you can see the schedule for my bands at Michigan tech. My top band at Michigan tech is going to go on a tour and I like to, so if you're watching on YouTube, I should say, sorry, if you're watching on YouTube, then you can see, so we've got Gig Boss, uh, Gig Boss page on YouTube where all these podcast episodes go, where I film, I like, I record the video when I talk to artists and I record the video when I just do solo episodes. So behind me is the, is the schedule for January. We're going on a little tour and we go and we play at schools and we sometimes play a club show. And, and usually I do a show with one of my bands, but we're going to be in downstate Michigan uh, this year doing a bunch of schools in Michigan because that's where a lot of students come from that go to Michigan Tech. So we're going to go visit all those schools and play a bunch and do an evening performance one night. It's always really fun, but I struggle with planning a tour unless I write it out on my big chalkboard. So I have a big chalkboard wall in my office and I use that for you know writing out licks when I do my lick videos or um, you know when I do educational stuff or even music videos, we've been using chalk to like draw interesting music video backgrounds for me to sing in front of and stuff for some of my stuff, which actually one of those things never got, never got used. Unfortunately, I hired somebody to do it and then they backed out, hired somebody to edit the video and then they backed out, which, which happens, you know, that happens in this world. You got to keep plugging away. Uh, so yeah, working fast. That's a big, that's a big part of it. And, um, Oh, I was going to say I struggle without being like being able to write it out on the chalkboard. I can visually see it all in one place and then I can work on my computer and look over my shoulder. Uh, So I like that about it. 
And that's kind of old school, but I really like like the tactile, like writing it out with chalk. You know what I mean? And then I can visualize it too. It's like I kind of have a, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have a photographic memory, but it's like I can picture things that I've seen before. And a lot of times, maybe that is a photographic memory. I can like really see vividly what I looked at. So sometimes that helps with, with charts, with memorizing tunes, memorizing progressions, chord progressions and stuff like that. Uh, for jazz, any, any jazz musicians that are listening, it's like, you know, you're trying to memorize boatloads of tunes, trying to remember all these changes. It's nice to be able to visualize some of it. All right. And last but not least, number nine. Say yes. Say yes. So yes day, that great movie that kids like. <laughs> the only reason I know about that movie is because my kids like it. Uh, their whole thing is like, I'm going to say yes to everything for one day and see what comes out of it. And there's also, uh, what was that movie with Jim Carrey? Yes, man. Where he says yes to everything. It's like, it's a, and, and it's, a, it becomes like, it opens up all these doors. It's this wonderful thing. And then it's like, it really backfires. But I think generally speaking, being somebody who says yes to things can really open up a lot of doors. You do have to learn to say no. And at some point it's like, you can't say yes to everything because theoretically, you're working so hard. You're getting connected in the scene. You're going to get opportunities that you don't have time for because you're sending the message that you want to work. And so a lot of people, you're putting that vibe out into the world. So a lot of people are going to be reaching out to you. So you do have to learn to say no. And that's been a struggle of mine. But because I say yes so much and I take on new opportunities and new challenges and I say, yes, I'll figure it out. Yes, I'll figure it out. That has led to a lot that has led to me learning how to use a DAW and mix myself and record myself. Uh, that has led to me playing in, I mean, like I almost said no to Jack brass band, which was my, which is the first experience that I had playing new Orleans style brass band music. And now that has become like the cornerstone of my teaching. Cause I teach a lot of music by ear. And a lot of times when I teach by ear, I use new Orleans brass band music. I do it with young people. I do it with college students. And also, because I had that bass repertoire knowledge of playing brass band music, that's how I got the call to play with Youngblood Brass Band, which was a world-renowned brass band that tours all over the world and is amazing, right? So I got that opportunity because I said yes to Jack Brass Band and not no. And I actually called, I think I've told the story, but I actually called the band leader and I was like, yo, Mike, I don't think I can do it. I was in the middle of doing my master's program. He sent me a, a tune list, like 100 tunes, 150 tunes. It was like, learn all these tunes. I was like, Dude, I'm practicing like the Hummel trumpet concerto and stuff. So I was playing like classical trumpet, jazz trumpet. I was I was leading the fourth jazz band. I was the TA in the jazz thing. I was taking jazz comp lessons, and I was cl- practicing all this classical trumpet in my master's program. It was a kind of a dual. I created my own like jazz studies thing because they don't have a jazz studies major ma- masters there at University of Minnesota where I went. But I remember calling him and being like, "Yo, I don't think I have time for this." I think I got to be done. I think I got to be done. And I loved it actually when, when they first reached out and said, can you do this with us? I, I love, I really connected with the music. I remember thinking like, this is my shit. I love playing this kind of trumpet. And I've said this before too, but being, when I finally went down to new Orleans and heard how they played that, that opened up a whole nother level of like, wow, you can play trumpet like that. Wow. That's incredible. You can play music like that. Wow. Right. So that really lit the fire. Uh, but because I said yes to that opportunity and I and I didn't say no and, and hats off to Mike who was like, just stick with it. It's going to be fine. Go at your own pace. Do what you can. 
It's going to be fine. We rehearse every Tuesday. You can come and you can learn, play whatever tunes you've learned. And for band members that have been in the band a long time, it's always annoying to like go back and play these easy tunes that everyone already knows. You know, it's like for this new guy. Uh, but I ended up sticking with the band for a long time, so I ended up being worth it for everybody, I think. And also for me, it's like I got the opportunity to play with Youngblood because I said yes. And there are so many opportunities like that where somebody was like, do you want to write a, a concert band piece? I wrote a concert band piece for a, a school because I've done a bunch of commissions for, for jazz band, but I had never done a commission for concert band. I've played in concert band my whole life, but it's really not my passion as a composer. But I thought, yes. Let's go. I'm going to do it. And it was so hard. It was like pulling teeth. All I want, Everything that came out was just a march, a march, a march, a march, a march. I was like, why does everything sound like a march? And so I just had to write a march. So I wrote march. <laughs> and then about halfway through writing the march, it turned into this really cool, like modern sounding contraband piece, which I, I'm sure was very confusing for everybody playing the piece at the time. <laughs> why does it start as a march and then turn into this other thing? But it's like I had to get the march out of my system so that I could write the other stuff. Um, and uh, I said yes to that. That ended up being a great opportunity. I worked with the school on it. It paid great. You know, it was a nice payday. Um, and that's a big part of it, too. Uh, you know, saying yes for me, like when I got asked to go down to South Dakota and work with a bunch of students when I had never really done that before as a clinician for a jazz festival. Um I had always played music and I had let I was leading my own bands at the time. And I was charismatic and I liked teaching private lessons. I had never done the like go to a school and work with a whole bunch of students, work with bands, hear them play, give them feedback. I had not done that before. I got the opportunity. I said yes. And it has become a huge part of my income pie, a huge piece of my income pie. So saying yes, a really important part of the thing. All right. So that's the nine characteristics of a great side person, a great side man, great side musician. Uh, please, wherever you're listening, like and subscribe. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Write a little review on Apple Podcasts because that helps the show show up in other people's feeds, which will help us grow. Tell a friend. If you really like the podcast, tell a friend that you dig it, and that will help us grow as well, which will help us get higher profile guests and continue to get great guests on the show. All right? We've got an app called Gig Boss. It is getting better and better every single month. I'm really excited about it. I'm sending emails out to a whole bunch of my friends every day now about it. And if you're one of those people that's gotten an email from me, I'm genuinely writing out those emails bit by bit. I'm not copying and pasting. I'm writing you thoughtful emails because I believe in this thing. I think it's great. It's free on iOS and Android. It's a way for you to organize your careers and your finances, your schedules, keep the band on the same page for band leaders and for freelancers. And if you're both even better like that's that's i use it as both a band leader and a freelancer i put all my gigs in there i track everything i go to my past tabs at the uh, my past gigs tabs at the end of the year and i look at all my past gigs and see how much money i made uh, where the gigs were i calculate mileage all that stuff it's getting better we're adding more features every month uh grab that there is a spotify uh spotify playlist now of all the artists who've been on the podcast who i've interviewed so that's linked in the description as well gig boss podcast facebook page is there uh go over to facebook and check out the gig boss podcast facebook page biggest thing is to like subscribe if you're watching on youtube like and subscribe write a comment let me know like hey what are some other characteristics of you got some other characteristics of a great side musician let me know let me know what i missed all right thanks for listening everybody appreciate you peace